This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Eno Saris, you can tell outside summer's about to leave us and fall is here. Next thing you know, it's Halloween, my favorite holiday. Then it's Thanksgiving, it's fall, it's a little crisp in the air, we're getting away from that hot weather, and we start to change, our taste buds start to change. When does the great Eno Saris start changing up his beer? Well, did you know that I'm German? I did not know that. Yes, I am. I am. My mother uh, still has the passport, and uh, our family's from Hamburg. Really? So, you know, yeah, this time of the year, uh, it's in my blood. Uh, Oktoberfest is what it's all about. What are we hammering and... at, at October? I know they got the big mugs. That's right. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's usually, um, you know, uh, a Märzen or, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, a lighter beer, but it's, uh, it's got a little bit more malt to it. Uh, there's an Oktoberfest uh, this weekend at the San Leandro Fieldwork. Uh, so uh, they got an all day uh, festival there going on on Saturday in San Leandro. So uh, that's something you could check out uh, and have yourself an Oktoberfest beer. So we have an Oktoberfest in the dro, as my friends like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I like it. By the way, I saw something last night and I was very impressed because as a hitter, you can, as they like to say, he's hunting heaters. You can hunt stuff, pull it, and knock the crap out of it out of the ballpark. But a really great hitter can use foul pole to foul pole. And when a guy's really seeing it, is when a guy lets it get deep. And he's able to drive it the other way. And highest average outside center of plate. You got Kim with the Padres, Altuve, Alvarez with the Astros, J-Rod, Bellinger, which tells a lot about how he has changed now that he's healthy. Bregman, so we got a lot of Astros there. There is something to be said, and I can tell you from a pitching perspective, that guy scares the hell out of you. Because if you know a guy's hunting heaters and he's pull happy, I can live soft on the other half. But when a guy can allow it to travel deep, and it doesn't matter what you're throwing, he'll take you the other way and drive it the other way, that's a scary hitter. Seeing those kind of numbers, and by the way, that's since the All-Star break, that shows you who the best hitters in baseball are. What do you think about that? Did you know that if I sort by uh woba which is weighted on base average it's just like ops to the opposite field do you know who number one is woba to the opposite field are we yeah. talking just hits or are we talking about power that's everything power hits everything it's an oakland a stop it it's zach Jellov, of course it oh, is. Well, yeah, yeah. that doesn't count <laughs> That but doesn't count. Have... I was gonna go Jace Peterson now in Arizona <laughs> Diamondback. You or Jesus Aguilar's not on there. <laughs> but 
but uh, you know, it's a it's an interesting group because Eduard Julian uh, is on there too. He's uh, a Twins rookie. Um, you know, guys who have established opposite fielder power. Chaz McCormick is in the top ten. Uh, Brandon Belt does this. Nathaniel Lowe does this. Christian Yelich does this. This is something he does. You know who um, is great at it, and his power. The the only the two best guys I've ever seen oppo power from right-handed hitters was Mike Piazza and and our Chris Davis. Chris Davis mm-hmm. had it was amazing his opposite field power. It was in and in and in, in, in the Coliseum. There's just something to it to a guy that can drive the ball and drive it the other way. And that's you know that's what we've talked about with Geloff. What makes him so impressive? He's foul pole to foul pole so early in his career. Yeah, the the thing that. You know, the reason that people don't do more of it is because uh, usually when you go opposite field, unless you're, you you just hit one of those missiles, Chas McCormick does this. I think Gallup does this too. If you hit a missile that doesn't have any slice to it, then you can really take advantage of all your exit velocity into the opposite field. But normally when you hit to the opposite field, it has like a, uh, is that slice or is that fade? It has like a, it has, it's not. It- it has the rotation. It, it's like in golf, the rotation of a it cut a shot spin. versus drives. Yeah, yeah there, there's a spin on the ball. And that it's takes a right, away it's from a, its, its distance. It's spinning what would be right to left as it goes into left field. If and you're it, like a and left-handed And that takes hitter. away from its, its distance in the way you want to go. So it's harder to have opposite field power. You either have to be, I think, like Chris Davis and just have such prodigious power that even if you take a step back, Stanton is like that, right? Bonds. He has such prodigious power Bonds that, that even yeah, even when he goes oppo, he can go, he can go, uh, he can take it to the tank. But, you know, there's uh, there's other guys who hit line drives that way and, and benefit from it. And then there's Chaz McCormick, who just weirdly, they, they just like, they're just like line drives to the opposite field. So, uh, it's not that prescriptive for everybody, but the reason why uh, most young kids or other guys go for that pull power is you make more of your va- your your exit velocity. You make more of your power when you pull it. So just generally, the pulled fly ball is the best outcome, and so people try to train for that. But you're right; that leaves you that leaves you vulnerable. Because to pull the ball, you kind of have to get it out front. You have to make the decision quicker. That means you whiff more. If you do have opposite field power, you can wait sometimes, let it travel, as you said, and take the ball in the opposite direction. And if you think about it, you can cover more of the plate. If I can pull the ball for power and uh, let it travel, that means that means I can do something inside and I can do something outside. And the best hitters in the world, of course, can cover the entire plate. You know, you got all that territory to to put the ball in play and, and have a positive result. Versus if I'm pole, I only got this much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just like, I mean, it I is mean, the guys who, 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 the guys who make the very most of their power by pulling it, Brian Dozier was the guy who did it. I mean, he had 50 homers one year, but every single one of them was over there. Marcus Simeon, actually, the way that he gets to his power is pulled fly balls. You know, he does not have the same kind of power as like a Barry Bonds. I mean, just look at their bodies. Look at, you know, look what we know of them, you know, but when Marcus Simeon takes a, takes a hold of it, he tries to pull it in the air. Uh, Isak Paredes is another guy on, um, uh, on the Rays. He has 27 homers this year. I think all 27 of them to the pull side. I mean, he's just trying to get the ball up and in and, and take them out. And that's his whole approach. So, you know, you can't say it's wrong for people, but you can also say that the very ideal, the very best players can do both things. 
All righty. When is the last time the New York Mets won the World Series? Uh, <laughs> wait. Um, isn't that the is it? God bless Buckner. Is that is it all the way back I, to that? I was a freshman in high school in 1986. There you go, <laughs> David Stearns. Come on down. You're now the new guy to change things. Have we had a young hotshot GM? who comes from a smaller market to the big market, win a World Series as an executive in a season where we didn't have a pandemic? Oh, you just you just kind of carved the Dodgers out of there because they're like the best did example. You see, did you see how I did that? Did you see how I did that? <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, it's going to be Friedman. I got the answer. It's Friedman. Oh, it's wait, not my what? first rodeo, my friend. <laughs> Uh, has yeah, one I, of I, your I, nerds here, here I'll, I'll put it in your terms has one of your nerds brought it brought it home <laughs> has one of your brethren brought it home in a non-pandemic 60 game year which by the way i'm on record of saying that year was brutal i give the dodgers what the putting those players million i mean you got millions of people are sick over a million died we're putting these guys in a bubble if mm-hmm. you're telling me that world series didn't matter screw you i know you're just at- trying to trying to weasel out of friedman's success because yeah. friedman is having great success no I doubt mean, they, those the dodgers they're the win, model they, they're the model they're of model. baseball yeah but t- we yeah. got to take them out because yes it wasn't a full season has well, any- it's also just because has anyone else done it you know like you know you're right to ask is this a mod like is this a model for other teams to be like could i find the next friedman right that's sort i'm of bloom asking. i don't even know if i'm going to be back uh, you know, like the Cubs had success by going and getting the original guy who did it. You but know? he was a Do big market seen... guy. Do you have... Yeah, he already did it in a big market. It's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Um, it is It is an interesting thing because uh, you can actually look right now, I think, uh, across the pond in, in San Francisco and look at someone who comes from that tree of, of, of smaller markets. Yes, he worked in L.A. at Farhan Zaidi, but he he's running the Giants like the Rays. I mean, what do they do? They 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 have two starting pitchers and then they have 13 other pitchers that are on the roster and they try to get outs with, you know, what what do they do in the in in the lineup? They have two guys who are in the lineup every day and then they have, you know, 12 other guys that they try to, you know, win games with. So, uh, you know, it's almost like treating like a math problem. And sometimes it's just annoying to be at the games because you're like, who's who's here today? You know, what's coming up today? You got two boys. They play baseball. They love. Do they like watching it? They want to watch what Alex Cobb pitches. <laughs> they want to watch when they know who the pitcher is. Um, they they've gotten into it to the point where the the winning matters, and they want to root for a team that's going to go to the postseason. And so they're, they're into you know did they win or not? And you know when you are a kid, you can deep dive onto the team and know all the players on the team. So by the way, the Giants. Uh, do we call it codify or codify? Codify, I think. All right, Codify had today, uh, Giants attendance is down like 21%. So this whole, it only matters about wins and losses, and it doesn't matter how you play from an entertainment standpoint, their attendance, I sent that to you, Cody. What was that? I sent it to you earlier. It was, it, it was attendance this year for, since 2018. Since 2018, yeah, this throws in a 107-win season. Uh, Giants attendance has been down, but go ahead. 
Well, it's interesting to think about. I mean, I think that there's a lot of stuff that goes into attendance, uh, you know, demographic concerns in San Francisco. You know, people aren't working. People are working from home. They aren't living in San Francisco the same way. There's been an exodus to the surrounding population. It's a little bit harder to go to the games, further to go to the games for a lot of the people who had the money that were that were going to those games. Um, I, I think the attendance is down for a lot of things. Like uh, uh, I heard that um, Rihanna came to town and uh, didn't sell out, you know, at Levi Stadium. So. Uh, you know, there's different. I think there's something going on in the Bay Area that's beyond that. But also, Taylor Swift I think you're did. Right. Taylor Swift did, and she got did, into my did. pocket for the fourth time. Oh no! I've that been went deep into your pocket. Fourth I'm sure. time. Taylor Swift has got me four times. How about this though? We could set this up as a as a dichotomy. So you've got the Yankees, right? And the Yankees lead the uh, the league all the time in attendance. They have their their top three, top two. They're always in the top three in attendance. And um, one of the complaints that I've heard from the Yankees is you haven't given the young guys a chance. Well, what do the Yankees do? For the most part, they try to to, to put out these veterans. Whenever the veterans are healthy, they put them out in the lineup. And that's what they do. Maybe they haven't given Jason Dominguez uh, a, a fair shot. Or maybe they haven't given Oswaldo Peraza a fair shot. That's some of the, the discussion in the league. Uh, but you see the, the Giants kind of doing the same thing. They didn't just give Luis Matos a job in the outfield. He's come up and come, gone down and come up and gone down. So I just think it's a thing that across baseball, you want you, you avoid risk. And, and, and young players are often risk. You know, uh, the A's get the chance when they do these little mini rebuilds to just put everybody out there and and, and just be like, Zach, we're going to see what you can do for months, you know. But even the A's, Tyler Soderstrom's been up, he's been down, he's in the lineup, he's not, you know. So I think generally people want to avoid risk. Um, and I think you see some commonalities with the way that the Yankees are run and the way the Giants are run too. So I, I don't know that you can blame it all on uh, the way that the team is run. But I, I do think it's interesting you do see a difference in hiring Stearns versus hiring Chris Getz. I mean, if you want to put two teams up against each other. White Sox versus Mets. White Sox versus Mets. So the, both of these teams, uh, is I think, knew who they wanted a year ago. I mean, like there wasn't like there wasn't like really uh, an interview process for the White Sox job. They didn't bring people in. No. You know? <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> they just fired a guy. They're like, and now Chris gets, you know? And so you're like, okay. Yeah. So that wasn't like a comprehensive, like, you know, let me talk and listen to people. And, you know, I, I think Steve Cohen has come as close as you can get to tampering in uh, when it comes to a, uh, to a guy in baseball as I've ever seen. I mean, you've been talking about how I'm waiting. It's it said David Stern's name multiple times. He's not allowed to talk to him, you know, like, so he knew he wanted David Stern's like two years ago. You know, and Epler was just a guy keeping the seat warm until until Stearns came. Stearns was able to talk to people for like one day, talk to the Mets, and he just got confirmed like four weeks later. I don't I don't think that was like a, a, a wide ranging uh, interview process. So um, I but I at the same time, I have biases where I'm like David Stearns was part of the Astros and the and the Brewers. And uh, he did really good things there in terms of building uh, a sustainable winning culture. Uh, I've heard personally from people like uh, from voter uh, that uh, a vote told me that uh, when he arrived there, uh, David Stearns was there to shake his hand and say, what do you need? What does your family need? We care about you as a person. So it's a bit, bit of a bit of a like kinder, gentler Astros approach. Um, not quite so cutthroat consultant as, as Luna was. 
Um, and uh, he has experience building, whereas Chris Katz, I don't know what he has experience building these White Sox, which haven't worked. So uh, that I, I would say that, you know, these two processes have some similarities, but I, I'm going to take the Stearns process here. Yeah, he, he was an intern with the Mets, so he's been around it before. They've got one of the best farm system now. And he's got a lot of money, so it should be interesting. And you know that uh, Uncle Steve's still going to write the check. Hey, what's going on in um, in Washington? This whole thing with Strasburg. Now, I talked to Dave Stewart, former GM, and Stu was like, when this guy retires and everybody's acting like he's going to get all that money, that's not how that works. You don't retire and take all the money left on the contract. Hurt or not, that's not how it works. So Stu was saying to me last time I did TV with him, he knew this wasn't going to end well. Uh, the minute he heard it, huh? Where, 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 where are we with uh, Rizzo and the Nats? And uh, I remember David Wright retired early, uh, and he had money left on the contract. But as I remember it, they you know there's always like sort of a discussion and concessions, and we'll give you this yeah. much and you know this much. And, and one of David Wright's concessions was he immediately got a job in the front office. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, a great gig. Uh, I don't think the Nationals are going to explore that one with Strasburg. Um, I don't think Strasburg wants that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always a give and take. And I guess they hadn't hashed it out. I think, I think honestly, if Mike Rizzo had a contract and things were being run a little bit more normally, this wouldn't have happened. Um, I think this probably happened because right now Mike Rizzo himself is saying, am I under contract? Am I running this league, running this uh, this team? And interestingly, the ownership decided to extend his manager before they extended him. So Davey Johnson has an extension, but Mike Rizzo doesn't. So that's sending some sort of strange message that is going to filter down into day-to-day operations and make you make mistakes like the Steven Strasburg thing because people just don't know where they stand. And Mike Rizzo's probably like, I don't know, was I supposed to do that? I don't even know if I'm under contract right now, you know? So there's a there's a uh, there's a, a dysfunction there that I think comes from ownership, but it also points to something which is, you know, often you find a manager general manager pairing um, that. For example, with David Stearns, did you hear this? Uh, Craig Council is likely to take the year off next year and then join David Stearns in uh, New York. Like he's not going to sign with the Brewers is the newest scuttlebutt. I think uh, Nightingale was reporting this today. So, so Craig Council will be on MLB Network for a year and then come back and will be the new manager of the Mets. But over in Washington, they've got Davey Johnson locked down. But Mike Rizzo, I don't know. (laughs) That's it. Well, the the whole Strasburg thing, it's like funny because no offense to the media, but I heard this uh, beat writer for the Nats, and she was like appalled by everything that's going on. And me, as a business owner, I was appalled that a guy gets a $245 million contract throws three, 31 and a third innings, that's it, and still expects to get $245 million. You out of your mind? I'm not paying mm. you over $100 million to just go away and retire. 2019 was a long time ago. We're in 2023. I mean, you look at this. I mean, the amount of money he is owed, it's crazy. You're just not going to pay a guy over $100 million to walk away. He watched too much football, man. 
You 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 think you deserve a hundred million dollars? A hundred million dollars. It's not about deserve. You're not it's playing. Not about You're not playing. We have guaranteed contracts in baseball. It's not guaranteed once you retire. That's called well, contract know. law. <laughs> Are we yeah. not about the law? So now the media doesn't think contract law matters anymore. If you can't fulfill the contract, you don't get the money. What what doesn't the media, especially in Washington, get about that? Right, right, right. There's only the only yeah. thing guaranteed is you got to play. If you don't play, I don't know if, you, if I'm appalled. If, I, I, if you I, retire, I, I, Eno, if you, you, know if you put like? in your retirement papers, you're not that, that money's not existing anymore. Here's what I don't like: the we should never have known about the press conference. Agreed. So some communication broke down, and maybe it's Strasburg. He Rizzo sort of came out and started to like be like, "We didn't tell you guys about the we didn't tell you guys about the the press conference." You know, it was on their side. You know. And uh, and so maybe maybe that is true. But if that is true, then you should say that in the discussions. Be like, look, Stephen, we're still like running through. So we have to make it come to an agreement before we announce this press conference. So let's not talk about this. You know, let's not talk about this in the media because we still haven't come to an agreement about, you know, this thing. So, you know, it's still not great. Like, remember with the Giants with Korea, it wasn't great that we heard about the press conference. You know, I still have the Instagram photo of Korea in a Giants uniform with the uh, Christmas lights around his neck and the Christmas, uh, it was like a three-pack something for, and I, oh, I love that. And it's posted by the Giants? I Yeah, on Instagram. It was a holiday oh. pack, season ticket holder thing. I still have it on my phone. I love looking at it every once in a while. I mean, this is this is one of the things that's really hard Does about running Does that make me a organization. troll? <laughs> yes, yeah, okay. You, 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 you're bordering on troll. You do yeah. this, you do this. It's I trolling. hear you. But, but you know, it defense, you know, one thing I, somebody asked me on a podcast recently, what is the thing that people don't understand the most about, about running a team? And I think what, what I said was these things are huge. Teams are huge. There are people doing, think about it. There are people doing ground, like doing like um, grounds work in high A Modesto. You know what I mean? Like you have people that are on the grounds crew in high A Modesto. You have, you have coaches all the way down, up and down. You have, you have roving coordinators, roving coaches, directors of player development, uh, you know, pitching coordinators, all this stuff. You have all these people working and you're trying to get everybody on the same page, trying not to get them to talk. Media is on the other side, trying to get them to talk all the time, you know, and you and you've got to steer the ship in a certain direction. Uh, maybe sometimes you have to say these big proclamations that sound stupid, but you have to say something to get everybody to, you know, when you have these stupid shirts in spring training, control the zone, whatever it is. We always have like a spring training shirt, right? Train to rain. Train to rain. It's our time or whatever it is. It's like there's always some stupid shirt. Yeah. Some part of being a, a, a GM is the dealing with the media, but also shepherding this huge tanker and trying to move it in a certain direction and keep everyone in this thing on board and everything copacetic to the point where like, you know, your PR guy doesn't tweet out the picture of Carlos Correa too early. You know what I mean, like there's a lot. That goes into it. And the flip side is people like, oh, I want a job in baseball. Yeah, you want a job in baseball. Your first job in baseball may be way more menial than you think. You know, like there's people who do all sorts of things that are in baseball that are, you know, like I look at video and try to see if someone's finger is out of place when he's pitching uh, so that we can figure out if it's a tell. And then I go tell, you know, I go tell the pitching coach or the hitting coach. And that's it. That's my job. There are people that's their job. There are just studying the other posing pitcher 
every day, every night, trying to figure out if there's a tell using, using advanced techniques. You know, they do use a uh, Hawkeye and they do use biomechanics to do this, but you know, that's their job. <laughs> so uh, that's what I think people don't uh, always understand about baseball is like how complicated and huge a team is. Uh, disclaimer for all of our fans who go to spring training and buy those stupid t-shirts at spring training with those ridiculous sayings. We want to thank you for your support every single spring <laughs> down at Ho-Ho Camp. Park. You are helping us train to rain. <laughs> I love the spring training shirts, by the way. I go down there and I'm going, yeah, we get a discount. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take yeah. that. Hey, um, yeah, everybody was so worried about the Angels losing Otani. How about an offseason where you lose Otani and Trout? Yeah, they, they're going to have to put some money into that deal if they want to get good prospects back. But if they want to just, you know, let the money go uh, and just take whatever prospects they're given, then I do think some teams will step to the table because Trout, when he's healthy, and when you think about it, the very best teams that are the, like the Dodgers types where they're like bringing in young guys that are okay, they would love to have a guy who's, when he's in, he's great. And when he's hurt, he just goes on the IL. That actually works if you think about roster management, if you have young players. If you have a young player who can step up and play, that's great. When Trout is in, he helps you win. When he's not, he gives you a roster spot. Oh, you know, Eno, it's better Eno, than Eno. it's better than having a bad player, a mediocre player that's gonna play and you can't get rid of him. Yeah, but how's that gonna play if you have if you have Otani and Trout on the Dodgers and you're the oh Angels? I mean, that's, oh my that's god! It's a natural place. I will say that the Dodgers have seen been a little bit more cost conscious than I thought. So, but can you just more imagine. like like Mike Trout on the Giants or Otani on the Giants and and Mike you, Trout somebody on the Yankees? To, you need to send Trout east. <laughs> you, need, yeah. you cannot have him in your back. Can you imagine if Trout resurrects and it's him and Mookie Betts and you Trout got a, and Mookie? You got to like, could they, could and, they beat and the Otani and DH wins? And you're the Angels. Yeah. You got to live that in your own market every day. Oh, that too oh, yeah that'd be awful, that'd be awful. <laughs> <laughs> every but day every day and they're you just know, you'd hammering start hearing you every about day. how they want to move you'd start hearing how they yeah. want to move they want they're not going to want to move out of california um yeah. but i it's an interesting thing trout hasn't played in 150 games since 2016 only once he's played 140 that was a long time ago with a lot of money still. I mean, he's basically has like a, a Rendon Strasburg contract left around 240 something million. I'll just ask I would you, take, would you take it? Would you take on that money, give up a bunch of prospects and take on that money? I would knowing? not give up. If I took on the money, I would not give up a bunch of prospects. I would give up. I'd give you some 17 year olds that, you know, I have no idea what they're going to do, you know? Uh, and, uh, I would never give you somebody that was close and projectable. I would give you, you know, some, some, some guys that you could say you got prospects and I could say, I didn't really, I don't know, you, maybe you did. Uh, but what I would do with Mike Trout is, and this people would really hate this. And they're actually about to come up with a rule in the NBA that matters about this. But what I would do with Mike Trout is an NBA style load management with him. I would, I would be very careful about how I used him. He would, he would probably play for me like five times a week. Uh, and I would be very careful. I use those rest days and people would hate me for it, but it might keep trout more healthy. Do you hear about this NBA rule? They're trying oh, to yeah. do this thing. Well, we've lived you, it with the warriors. It's, it's you disgusting. can't rest two stars on the same night. This is the new rule that they're yeah, I mean, discussing. It's, 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 it's tough. I mean, when you, when, 
Greg Popovich started it, and then all of a sudden when you pay all this big money to go to these games, the next thing you know you're playing the bench. It, it, it's, it's a bad look. No, I understand. I mean, Trout is at an age, but you know what? It's like funny. We looked at him like he's going to be an all-time great. I mean, he already is, man. He's like top 30. Top 30 all-time. He's time. got an 85 war. The all-time great's over 100. I know. He's not He's not quite where we like. That's he's what I'm not, saying. Like I he, thought he would be like top 10. He like he, I, I, he's top thirty, but I thought I mean, he'd be top when you're 10. up here with me. He might still. He's got some time to play. But I'm talking about the greats, man. I'm talking Williams, Bonds, Mays, yeah. Aaron, Ruth. He could have hurt him. He was in that. He was on that trajectory. His math was going to add up to those guys, and it's just like now, I would load manage him into fifteen more wins and get him sneak him right up to hundred. I'm worried because he was so. I mean. He's a, other than Bonds, he was the best player I had seen, and then yeah. now, now he can't he can't even get on the field. It's not like it's not like he blew out his knee or Aaron Rodgers. He blew out he his Achilles. He's a bigger guy though, right? He looks he's like thick. a linebacker. He's thick. He's not tall. Yeah. He's thick. But the yeah. fact that it's just it's injuries. It's not like devastating surgery, UCL knee back. It's like sprained calf, calf, bad back. Yeah, and those are bad. That's a bad sign if you're. Because it's not like he's old. He's, what, 32 years old and he can't stay healthy? That's not a good sign. Yeah, it might be. Bring him to Oakland. He'd be perfect as an A. You know, the Twins <laughs> tried to load manage Byron Buxton. And, How's uh, that going? Yeah, that's not working out very well. How's so. that going? That's a good point. That's a good John point. Carlos Stanton, they load manage him. I would say him. that Buxton might be a more extreme case than Trout. <laughs> what about what about you call him Mike, I call him John Carlos Stanton. How'd that work? He's been hurt. When has load management ever worked in Major League Baseball? You've got 150-plus years. I've seen really good evidence of it working in basketball. I will say that I have not seen the same sort of rigorous uh, attempt to study it in baseball. Who can take down the Denver Nuggets this coming season if you want to go basketball? (laughs) Is this light the beam Sacramento Kings year? I always wanted to be, but the, the Kings sort of remind me of the Mets. I don't know why. <laughs> I spent a long time being a Mets fan in New York, and I was like, this is the year. Yeah, uh, are you a Mets fan? LOL Mets, you know. Are you a Mets fan? Well, I was. when I was. I lived in New York for 10 years. I wasn't going to be Did you really? Fan. I thought you grew up in the South. I was a Braves fan, 86 to 94. Are you worried that David Stearns looks more like your accountant than a guy that's going to run your baseball team? Uh, isn't that everybody at this point? No, not Billy Bean came walking in. He didn't look like an accountant. <laughs> All right, there's a former baseball player. For Billy sure. Bean looked like he could. I, I, he was. He made decisions like one. Yeah, but Billy Bean came walking in like <laughs> Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean. That's what you need, swashbuckler. I think about that sometimes with managers. I think about it less with general managers. General managers. I don't see them in the clubhouse that often. You know, Actually, Heim Bloom that... is a really good-looking kind of bit, tall guy, <laughs> if you think about it. I got Managers, the players see every day. Managers, see they see every day. I think sometimes it does matter stature and, and, and history in the game and have they played. I think it matters a little bit more for someone you see every day than, like, the guy who's, you know, up in the front office making decisions. You kind of expect that guy to kind of be a bean counter anyway, right? Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um where do you come down on this one on this Boston now 73 and 71 all this time. I got a buddy who's a Boston fan. He's like, yeah, he got that one of the best farm system. Heim Bloom. He's got one year left after this year. 
Is Boston going to give him an extension? I think they're going to they're going to they're going to put a lot of emphasis on next year. I bet you they don't sign him before they have to. They you know, one thing they try not to publicize those GM deals so you don't actually know when they're expiring so that you don't cover them the same way you cover an expiring manager. You always call us an expiring manager, a lame duck manager. Yeah. When are you going to get that extension? You ask the manager, you ask them, are you thinking about this? Blah, 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 blah. They try not to publicize exactly like Farhan's deal. When is that up? When is it? When did it start? What are the options? They try not to give you all that information. They don't want you knowing how much Heimblum makes. You know, they don't want you asking him about his extension. So I would say that they would just keep quiet about it and they'd give him one more year. And, you know, with the way that the the Red Sox have gone up and down, they could be good next year. I mean, they, they, they have some things going on for them. They got some young players they brought up that they still have Devers, you know, they, if they got some pitchers in there, I think they could be a better team next year. All right. Number one thing we learned Oktoberfest in the draw. <laughs> when is that? Is that this weekend? Yeah. Saturday. Are you going? Oh um, yeah, maybe. So I have to see if I get a hall pass. Uh, I'm taking the little leaguers to the the game on Sunday. Yes, you, see you me are in Oakland on Sunday. Yes, you I'm are. I'm gonna have a bunch of little kids with me. The little leaguers are coming with me to the game. Why don't you take the little leaguers to the Oktoberfest? <laughs> That's what my German parent, like grandparents, <laughs> might have done. Everybody get in the family wagon. We're going to the Oktoberfest. <laughs> We're gonna dance and do all the things. <laughs> You might have some beer. <laughs> hey, you're German. All right, buddy. Have yeah. a good weekend. We'll we'll uh we'll see you Sunday on the uh at the ballpark. That's right. Eno Saris, go ahead. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight tap room locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.